Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Welcome to the series, Being a Successful Leader. Carl Welty here, your host. The intent of the series is to provide uh, valuable insights to you and practical and proven know-how uh, to be a successful leader. Uh, three imperatives, as I see it, of successful leadership, uh, and they represent the year, uh, three areas of focus for this series. The three uh, imperatives are self-awareness, sound strategy, and cultural commitment. We have 26 weekly episodes that provide relevant, uh, valuable, and interesting topics under each of the three areas of focus, each episode lasting from 15 to 30 minutes. Our travel so far has been in the area of self-awareness. We'll continue that travel. We start off with the value of being more self-aware, and then I took a, a, a dive down into your subconscious. I use the metaphor of an iceberg. Top of your iceberg is the conscious you. The bottom big hunk is the self-conscious you. The method that we used was to take a look at what I call the dimensions of self-awareness. First is the inner you, and then the second is your strengths. With regard to the inner you, we took a look at your core, the natural you, and your mental models, the, the nurtured you. And your core consists of your physical characteristics, your abilities, talents, temperament, and traits. And we we uh, encourage you there to take a look at what's unique about you, what stands out uh, for you in terms of those uh, uh, characteristics, those uh, elements of the core. Um, and then... Uh, talked about that being your hard wiring that you were born with, that's your natural uh, tendencies, priorities, and uh, preferences. Then we move to mental models. The mental models is the nurtured you. These are the things you pick up along the way, your values, your beliefs, and assumptions as you experience life. Um, and they can be just as hardwired as the core, which is not necessarily a good thing, because what you want to do, and I continually admonish uh, listeners throughout this series is to be uh, to adopt a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. You want to revise your assumptions based upon new realities and not get entrenched in the same old beliefs if they need to be revised. We'll talk more about that down the line. And then we move from that to the second dimension of self-awareness, and that's strengths. Strengths uh, we define as the what you're really good at and passionate about, powerful and fun exercise we had to identify and clarify your strengths. Today's uh, topic is capitalize on your strengths. If you didn't experience the Discovering Your Strengths episode, strongly recommend you cycle back and um, experience that and then come back to uh, where we're at here in this uh, capitalizing your strengths, the current topic. Now, the easiest way to get there and uh, look at past episodes of this series is to go to my website, wealthy.com, uh, click on Leadership Resources, Go down to the Being a Successful Leader icon, our current series, and then you can uh, click on that. And it'll take it right to the host of this uh, uh, podcast, which is uh, webtalkradio.net, webtalkradio.net, and uh, you'll find that episode plus other past episodes. So today what we want to do is to, uh, having clearly defined your strengths, you uh, realize that as you move forward, you're going to be in a much better position uh, having clarity around your strengths to create and choose best options for yourself. But why wait? There's things you can do right now in your current leadership role, I'm sure. And so we're going to investigate that, ways to capitalize on your strengths in your current leadership role. 
And what we're going to do is three things. First, we're going to start off with scoping out your, what I call your leadership playing field. Then we'll go from there to mine your lead, uh, M-I-N-E, mine your leadership playing field to identify possible current ways you can capitalize on your strengths. And then we'll finish up by having you, uh, uh, plot, uh, implementation strategies. We'll do, uh, one and two, start that here. And then three, after we hang up, you can, uh, work on that. Let's, uh, now take a look at uh, scoping out your leadership playing field. What I want you to do there is in your playing field is to list what I call your key result areas, your key result areas. Now, what these are are major areas of countability. Being a leader, I say accountability and not responsibility. And there's a distinction here. We need to talk about some of these distinctions and uh, get some clarifications before we before we get uh, too far. Uh, accountability is the obligation to do achieve desired results. Accountability is the obligation to to achieve desired results. Responsibility is the obligation to perform specific tasks or activities. So as a leader, and you, I'm sure you're pretty much aware of this, that even though you have people working for you and doing a lot of the work, and maybe you don't get too involved in that other than to direct it, lead it, uh, you're still accountable. You can't delegate that accountability. Uh, then they're responsible for carrying that out. And you have responsibilities too, things you can and do perform in your leadership role. So one key distinction is the one between accountability and responsibility. Now, as you work on your key result areas, uh, we need to talk a little bit about the work of the organization. I, I have three broad categories of the work on organization, technical work, management work, and leadership, the work of the organization, technical work, management work, and leadership. Um, what happened is that technical work, you know, that's, that's the direct application of physical and mental uh, effort to achieve the desired results, creating your products and services and your organization or in your organizational unit, uh, uh, whether you're a department, a region, or what have you. So direct application and cranking out the goods. Um, but we found out years ago that she was, uh, as people were doing their thing, uh, they were bumping into each other and falling over and uh, it just wasn't working right. So we said, hey, here's a bright idea. Why don't we uh, have somebody uh, coordinate all this stuff, all these diverse activities that are going on to achieve our desired results? We'll give them a few bucks more a week and uh, call him or her a uh, supervisor or manager. So, gee, that was a real good idea. And so this person, the manager, was uh, doing coordination work as well as uh, technical work. And then later on, we said, hey, here's another great idea. Things are going along so quickly in the world of work and, and so forth and fast-paced. You know, we just can't stand still. Uh, the status quo is not an option. We've got to forge ahead, look into the future, have a direction, try to achieve that direction. And so we called that leadership. So that evolved over time. So we have technical work, management work, and leadership. Uh, a distinction between management work and leadership. We'll talk more about this later on in the series. Uh, in terms of focus, management is the here and now, whereas leadership is the future. And the essence of, uh, of management is coordination, whereas the essence of, of leadership is achieve, achieving a desired future, mapping it out and going for it. Again, more on that later. Now, as, uh, getting started on the work I want you to do here now and to kind of sketch out your key result areas, let me give you an example first. 
uh, I start with the technical work. And here's a couple of examples. A, a general manager I worked with uh, in a uh, water district, they were functionally organized. And if you're functionally organized, many times the uh, uh, titles of the uh, leaders uh, reporting to you uh, are your key result areas. In his particular case, the, the key result areas are four, and you don't want a lot. These are just the logical subdivisions of accountability. Uh, we're customer service, engineering, operation and maintenance, and finance and administration. Customer service, engineering, operation and maintenance, and finance and administration. Just an example. One more. A VP of information systems in a medium-sized bank I work with, they were not functionally organized. They were organized around clients. But the functions were then spread out amongst these uh, client uh, managers, if you will. And the four technical uh, key result areas uh, they had, this vice president had, was project management, account management, infrastructure design and maintenance, and application integration. Those were the four. So those gave you some examples. I think you kind of get the idea here. Now, because you're in a leadership role, in fact, anybody is in a leadership role, you get an automatic. And uh, your automatic is leadership and management. I lumped them together as a key result area because in practice, many times as you go on and define the results you want in the uh, leadership and management, uh, the the line between the two, the distinction gets kind of blurred. So don't worry about it. That's okay. So we're going to lump them together. Now, the rationale for including uh, as a key result area, leadership and management, uh, if you think about it, leadership and management is overhead work. As I said before, these people are bumping into each other and so forth. So we had to, you know, create uh, managers and leaders and VPs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, it, we don't achieve anything. You don't achieve anything directly from your leadership and management, no, no matter how great a leader manager you may be. It's only through the uh, technical work that uh, you get the payoffs. But... It's really critical that you focus on leadership management, not only you, but the leader uh, managers reporting to you. Uh, and in so doing, uh, it's important because it constitutes the, the bulk of work that uh, you may be doing, your responsibility, the things you do as a, as a leader and the people working for you. In fact, the farther up the line you go in an organization, the more the, the the work tends to be of a leadership management nature and not hands-on technical work. So that's one good reason to focus on leadership and management included as a key result here. Another, it allows you to clarify the desired results you want to achieve and you, people working for the leaders working for you want to achieve. So you have kind of a unity here of desired results in terms of the activities, the responsibilities, leadership, and management. And a third and final one here is the, it's an antidote for staving off what I call the principle of technical priority. This is important to realize that there's a good human nature reason that most people, given a choice, will tend to want to perform technical work over management work and leadership. Why? Well, reasons, if you think about it, are pretty obvious. It's, it's more uh, hands-on work. It, uh, you get immediate uh, results, uh, faster or you get results faster usually. And another biggie is that uh, there's a fear of becoming technically obsolete. And this is a particular problem with the frontline managers as they make that transition from 100% technical work to technical work and doing some management work and maybe some leadership. There's a fear of uh, losing it 
And there's also the nice, warm, comfortable feeling of uh, of uh, doing some technical work and feeling really good about it. So it's incumbent upon you as a leader to make sure that you equip uh, people that to train them, develop, and so forth to uh, begin to really uh, learn how and, and, and be clear about what the leadership management results you want them to achieve. And then you're going to do some performance coaching and development and so forth so they get comfortable with that. And pretty soon they'll feel just as good about that, hopefully, as they do about what they used to do in hands-on technical work. If you don't do that, if you don't really nurture your manager's leaders and help them perform their leadership and management work, a leadership management gap will occur. The leadership management gap is the difference between the amount of leadership and management that should be occurring in your organization and the amount that actually is. So really important to uh, have a leadership and, and management key result area. Uh, okay. We'll revisit that topic later uh, when we get to building a culture of commitment uh, down the line. Now let's get to work. Uh, I want you to take a piece of paper out and list your key result areas, your areas of accountability. Um, the areas that uh, your response, your not your responsibility, but you're accountable for. Uh, if it doesn't come right to mind, that's fine. Make a note and come back to it later. At this point, I just want you to really understand it. If it comes right to mind, uh, go ahead and list them. And again, you don't want a lot of them. And throw in there uh, leadership and management. Leadership and management plus your oh one to four or five technical uh, key result areas. Then under, and maybe take a separate piece of paper for each of these key result areas and start to jot down your responsibilities under each. Now, this is the work you perform or should be performing in these areas of responsibility or key result areas. Um, and the bulk of that, again, that your sheet will probably have more jots on it than the leadership and management area than the others. Doesn't mean the others are not important. It's just that you don't personally do a lot of that work anymore. Uh, you, uh, but the, uh, again, there's no such thing as a hundred percent leader manager. Uh, you gotta, you gotta lead something, right? And so it's incumbent that even if you're high up in the organization and you, you look at the work you actually do, and most of it's leadership management or leadership in your case, if you're high up, uh, you've got to keep up. You got to keep up your knowledge, maybe not the skills, but your knowledge in, in the technical uh, arena. So that's important. Okay. So. <clears throat> This, so you're going to do that. You're going to, you're going to sketch out your management playing field by listing your key result areas, areas of accountability. Then under each, you're going to make notes about the, your responsibilities in each work you personally perform or should perform. The second part in getting to work is then to mine, uh, M-I-N-E, the leadership playing field to capitalize on your strengths. So take a look at those responsibilities and ask yourself for each of them, uh, what strengths am I currently utilizing here? You you have your strengths that we you've identified, and which are you utilizing? What could I do more of as you think of these responsibilities, or what could I start doing in terms of using some of these strengths in carrying out responsibilities that I am not doing now? And then take notes about each of these, uh, and then uh, you'll have a nice talk with yourself. You begin to maybe see some patterns here, and then. Uh, you can uh, later on, after we're through here, you can begin to maybe sketch out an implementation plan, some implementation strategies to start using more of your strengths on work you're currently doing now. Um, 
One other thing uh, is that you can also t- explore opportunities outside of your current leadership role uh, in terms of uh, using your strengths. Uh, examples could be projects uh, outside of your, your accountability, special assignments, rotational assignments, professional association work, community work, and things of that nature. So you're not confined to just your current leadership role in the organization. So take a gander at that also. All right. So you have your strengths. We, we've mapped out your uh, leadership playing field and uh, the responsibilities in each. And you're identifying areas where you can start using your strengths or use more of your strengths. And so now, as, as we leave this uh, topic, uh, go ahead and, and give that some quality reflective thinking and begin to uh, plot out maybe some uh, strategies where you can begin to uh, embed more of your strengths and the responsibilities, the current work you do or should do in your management playing field. Um, but next time, uh, don't go too fast because next time it'll tie into uh, what we're doing here because you'll find probably, you're probably full up already. So you're going to have cram in more work here. Well, so you may, maybe need to get rid of some things. Okay. And so next topic will be next week will be um, the freeing up your discretionary time. We look at methods and ways to free up your discretionary time. So there's room hopefully to do more of your strength work. Uh, now included in that next, next week will be uh, an area. We'll talk about the art of delegation, really important. The art, how it go about it correctly. It's not about shedding work. It's an investment that you need to make in people. So next week, freeing up more discretionary time. Meantime, do some quality work and thinking here, and uh, maybe we'll free up some more time for you, and you can, uh, whatever you identify in your strengths, you can go ahead and, and implement that. All right, the best to you. We'll see you next week, and take care. Take care.